You're listening to the TLC Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tyler, Landon, and Caleb. Well, Chiefs suck. We all knew it. We were fooled. Now we're here. (laughs) Yeah, Chiefs suck is definitely what I'm taking away from that game. That was like two weeks ago now. It was. Chiefs big suck. Wait, it was three. Just three weeks ago. Patrick Mahomes is no longer a top five quarterback. That's what they said on Get Up. It's it's facts. It's done. It's over with. We'll never reach the pinnacle again, boys. Nope. And Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, those are the overlords. Let's not pay attention to the fact that, you know, Mahomes did beat Allen in the playoffs and and all that. And he's the only one out of that list with a ring. And a Super Bowl MVP and an MVP. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter. Nah. Do you watch the second half, Caleb? Uh, we nah, talked all about didn't. that. the enemy's fault, don't you know? <laughs> of course. Uh, we talked all about the game. Hates everyone. Yeah. Uh, and now we will do a postmortem of what was the 2021-2022 NFL season. Uh, welcome to the TLCFP. Uh, a little overdue, uh, which is going to be, you know, I'll say it's no one's fault, but it was mostly probably my fault for act just absolutely blanking the fact that we had shows scheduled uh, because I'm taking <laughs> a little bit of a break from Twitter. Therefore, I did not check my DMs until like four hours after the fact. And then it was like 10 o'clock and I was like, oh, oh, that was today, wasn't it? You meant like today, today. Uh, <laughs> We've been doing the show for over a year and we're still just messaging in the DMs. We're not we're not we're not using our cell phones or Snapchat or anything else. We're just still texting in the in the DMs. Yep. Still hey, texting in the you, Twitter DMs. You get you get the you get a you get a habit going and it's hard to hard to break. Very hard Twitter, to break Twitter DMs are immaculate though. They really are. I mean they're they're really easy for us to share stories and other tweets and it helps out with the show. It does, yeah. Also, that, hate- that is part of the reason we use it because it's you can obviously very easily just share tweets that you see. Also, um, I which really do just I really just hate text group chats because iPhone users are inconsiderate and react to everything, and I had to read everything yes. twice. Yes, yeah, I'm, no, talking no, no, no. I, I'm talking to you, Landon. I'm talking to you, Landon. Android <laughs> users are inconsiderate by getting an inferior phone. And the rest oh, of them can't use the convenient I can features. My phone, but you have to use an old person phone. That's just idiot proof. I'm okay with that. That's not even it's, offensive to me. That doesn't even hurt me. It's that good. The fact that the iPhone has like it, it sends me the message and says that you laughed at it or something on Android. The fact that iPhone just can't be compatible. And, and and like work with Android at all to, to make that a possibility is quite infuriating. And well, just hey, they have to they have to make money, Caleb. Well, Android makes plenty of money. Or emphasized <laughs> a tweet. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Which is why I don't. If I see a green message, I don't. So I I refer I'm pretty sure my uncle does it on purpose. He knows. <laughs> he he sees the green bubble and he's like, I'm laughing at everything. That's funny. That's funny. Um, but yeah, also a Super Bowl happened. What'd you guys think of that? Rams win 23-20. What'd you guys think of the Super Bowl? 
I predicted a defensive game. I was right. Uh, it was a little more low scoring than I thought. I think I predicted 28-24. Uh, it ended up, ended up being 23-20. Um, and I, I think we all kind of knew the Rams were going to win, but the Bengals made it seem to be a little bit in question there, especially when Matthew Stafford came out of half and bonkered up a freaking pick right after Bengals came out and scored a tutty. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting surprised. game. I knew, I knew AD was going to get him one and possibly jump off the wagon. And, um, you know, Joe Burrow can win AFC championship titles every couple of years or so, getting sacked nine times per game, except when he plays the Chiefs. And that's not going to be an issue until he comes into a Super Bowl. And, uh, and then it's not going to fly. It's just not going to work. And um, I don't know, there's a, there's a couple interviews I want to make sure that we do. And, and some of the questions I want to ask are about overvaluating the uh, quarterback position. I think that's something that we do these days without while undervaluing an offensive line. I mean, look at, look at Kansas city chiefs and last year's Super Bowl is the same thing. Um, obviously quarterbacks and uh, important position, but I think it may be overvalued in, in team aspect. Yeah, I think that's actually an interesting point. And I, I, in a weird way, I think we actually overvalue the quarterback by undervaluing the rest of the team in some ways. Like, I think we have a somewhat accurate representation of the quarterback, but then by like lessening what we think the rest of the team has to do that then overvalues the quarterback. Like, does that make any sense? Or am I just talking in a circle? That's just nonsense. That makes sense. I think one of the things that a lot of people come out and say are, well, look at Joe Burrow in year two with, a great receiving core he makes a super bowl and that's that's not to devalue that that's that is a that is a true statement to overvalue a quarterback but watch what happens with andrew luck watch what happens if they don't get this man an offensive line in cincinnati he's going to turn into andrew luck he's going to be in the league for seven eight seasons and then he's going to be done which for a quarterback you know for the rest of the league the league average is three years if you're a starting quarterback your league average is like 15 and that's including yeah. the backup years. He's not going to be a backup after seven years. He's going to be in a neck brace looking like a hippie. Yeah. You definitely, luck, you definitely need nothing. One of, one of the things that you definitely need as a backup quarterback is health and stability. That's, that's one of the main things yes. that most, most backup quarterbacks are. Yeah, so if they you know if they turn around the franchise like they say they have in Cincinnati, which hey, I believe I believe they're a lot less incompetent than they have been in previous years. You got to go out and you got to you got to rework things and get Joe Burrow an offensive line immediately. That's that's your number one priority is making sure that that dude can play for the next fifteen plus years. Because uh, if not, you you you've wasted you've wasted his career. You've wasted. 15 years of a franchise quarterback to to compete at a very high level an incredible quarterback at that yeah it's it's definitely gonna be interesting to watch um what the Bengals do and and on that point you know what what do you think the chiefs do like i think pass rush is something they're really gonna have to look at still especially with frank clark like for the amount of money you're paying that guy uh to not be very effective come the playoffs especially when it counts the most Yep. Um, I if think he, you have to evaluate that. If he had a good playoff, a good postseason, I think this would be a really, really tough question to answer. But he he just didn't show up in the postseason. It was looking like he was starting to play good football at the right time, which is what he's done several times for us. And we were like, I mean, if he was in an important role in us getting to another Super Bowl again, I think you got to pay the man. But 
he just he couldn't show up. And if we would have gotten a couple more sacks on Joe Burrow, I don't think we they would have came back and won that game. Um, Frank Clark had his opportunity to get paid, and I think they're getting he's going to get cut this offseason. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a couple different variables that we have to look at. I'm I'm for one on the boat to get rid of of Frank Clark. I, I don't I think the issue with him is him himself and not actually the play style. Um, he, he got his money and he started, you know, jerking off. You know, he he gets caught up with a couple of different legal issues within six months of each other or something, and and real stupid and, ones. Know, uh, just a weird weird situations that you don't want to see anybody in, but especially not somebody who gets paid millions of dollars to not do that sort of stuff. Um, now you you look at Chris Jones and a lot of people on Twitter since losing that ASC championship game said, hey, we need to cut Chris Jones too or trade him, which to to a degree, I would say that, you know, obviously he has not had any sacks in any postseason game. And he did have his his uh, tribulations in that game. He did have a couple of times where uh, he just could not bring Joe Burrow down. That's a testament to how strong and good Joe Burrow is. But I think a lot more of it has to do with Steve Spagnolo and the defensive scheme that he runs and continually continuously not doing anything we sat here and called it in the show the the pregame to the afc championship watch the stunts mix it up confuse and chaos what did every single other team do against this Bengals team in the playoffs besides the chiefs they got to the quarterback and got him down no less than six sacks in any of the Bengals games except for when they played the chiefs and that was because they caused chaos and confusion on the offensive line that was full of a bunch of rookies. And one of the things that Andy Reid is at fault of is too much loyalty. And that may be something that comes to bite us in the butt with, with Eric Bieniemy. We'll have to see how this situation plays out, which is ridiculous here in Kansas City. But, I, you know, I've been calling for Steve Spagnolo to be gone for a while, and I think this postseason was a main component of why he needs to be gone and why everybody needs to be able to see that. Uh, but the bad news is it looks like he's sticking around. Yeah, he definitely put his his bad tape out there when it mattered. He Steve Spagnuolo showed everything that he could on why we should probably not move forward with him. Um, but I, I I tend to agree with you. He's not fired yet. We're a week and a half out from the Super Bowl. It, does not seem like we're going to be moving on and looking for a new guy. And this is so reminiscent of the uh, God. What's his name? Can't remember. Uh, Bob Sutton. Say Bob this Sutton. is so so reminiscent of the Bob Sutton offseason right before he got fired. Um, that he's going to play one more year. We're going to be awful on defense, and uh, he's going to get he's fired. Going to, he's going to coach out his contract. He won't get fired. I believe this is the last year on his deal. They'll come to it. They'll let him. They'll let him coach it out, and he'll be gone. Um, but there, are, there's quite a few things that they can do, despite his lack of coachability or coaching ability. Um, we are going into an off season where the draft class, where we need it to be, it, thank God, there's not a lot of quarterbacks in there, means that there's going to be a lot of defensive players and a lot of wide receivers deep into the draft. A lot of edge rushers, a lot of safeties, a lot of receivers. Uh, and a couple of running backs that we need to get to. And it's going to be deep in every facet going into 
probably a solid four rounds, which is good. We've got 37 players on the current roster. That's not including Tyron. We obviously haven't tagged him. We obviously haven't signed him yet. That's not including Orlando Brown. We obviously haven't tagged him nor signed an extension yet. We have 37 players on the roster. We have $20 million in cap space. That's without multiple cuts to other players. There's two players that can add us nearly $30 million and bump us up to 50, close to 60. That is Frank Clark and Hitch. Frank Clark and Anthony Hitchens. I think we'll see Frank Clark gone. I think we'll see Hitchens gone. Now we do have to wait for, I think it's the June or July deadline to come in. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, But when that deadline hits, then the guaranteed money slows down a little or goes a little bit lower. And then we can get rid of them with little to no penalty um, and end up saving ourselves twenty, thirty million dollars and uh open up that cap space at anywhere from fifty to sixty million dollars. Um and that's with well a roster is a fifty fifty two man roster. So we really don't have much to go. I mean we've got uh, about fifteen spots to fill. Um that's that's not too bad. Uh that's Daniel Sorensen off a deal so we need a safety. Um hopefully they let him walk. And hopefully it's not Darren Darren Daniel Sorensen. Yeah, let him walk. We'll be okay. Hitchens is gone. Uh, Frank Clark is gone. Don't forget that we have Kando coming back now. Derek Naughty, we're we're low on defensive tackles. Naughty's not on a not on a contract anymore. We've Jaron Reed's leaving. Jaron Reed is out, which is fine. That's fine. But you know we've got some spaces to to figure out. The good thing is is it's not on not necessarily on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Demarcus Robinson is now off his deal. Um, we, we've got a couple other spaces that are open, but again, we're deep in the draft. We're going to have millions and millions in cap space. And you bring back a guy like Tyron, you extend Tyreek and you bring back Orlando Brown. We hold, we hold um, leverage on or- or- Orlando Brown's deal. You want to play on one million, one year, $18 million contract and, and, and maybe try and bump yourself up. That's fine. You can do that. Or you can take less money for more of a guarantee. Take less yeah. than eighteen million dollars, we'd be happy to keep you around, or take this one-year deal. We hold the leverage on it, which is which is good on our end, so we don't have to worry about that left tackle position for at least one more year. Yeah, it is going to be really interesting because, and this is where the cap going back up fairly quickly, somewhat quickly, or more quickly than people were maybe afraid it was going to with the whole COVID situation. It obviously did go down, which is very strange. But it's going back up, and that is going to help the Chiefs for sure. Uh, but that also makes next year weird still. Uh, it's going to be a weirdly kind of tight cap year with a lot of big contracts. Yes, I think they're going to you know, maybe restructure a couple of those in a couple of years. Uh, but they're going to have a couple, a couple interesting years here where they're going to have to kind of not walk a tightrope, but make sure they're really smart with their money. Um, yeah. Because they of the, get out of it. Because of the volatility in the, the, the cap, uh, you're going to probably see a ton of restructures in the offseason from all teams. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's the thing. I don't think it's just a Chiefs-specific thing. Anyone that has even a slightly tight cap situation is probably going to try to restructure the crap out of out of their bigger deals uh, just to avoid something weird happening. Don't, don't forget we can restructure Pat's deer, deal every single year. Pretty sure we can restructure 
uh, uh, Toonies as well. So there's some restructures that can go on. We can restructure Chris also uh, and Travis if need be. Um, there are quite a few big names and positions that we need. Look for Von Miller. Uh, his market value is about $10 million. Allen Robinson's about 14 to $16 million. Chandler Jones is out there. Chris Godwin's market value is high, but it's going to go down a little bit because of the torn ACL. Michael um, Gallup. Michael Gallup is out there. Um, man, I mean, there, there's if we need a defensive end, Calais Campbell is there, even though he's a little bit older. Joe Hayden. Uh, I'm I mean, dreaming, but uh, Monte Adams. <laughs> that's available value, his market value right now is set at about 25 million dollars unless he's looking at taking 16 to 12 to 16 there's no shot i say if it's tyran or Devonte, i'm taking Devonte every day of the week <laughs> i would i would i would agree with that again i think it it determines or depends fully on contract value right yeah there, I, right a lot of there. a lot of things are going to have to happen for that to work if he's taking 25 there's no shot that we can sign him even with letting Tyron walk. There's, there's just no, not. Yeah, th- there's, there's a lot of things that would have to go down before that ever happens. We'd have to cut yeah. the roster size down to 37. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And then that's that, the NFLPA is not going to love that. No shot. Um, speaking uh, of NFLPA, uh, I know there's a little bit more Chiefs talk to get to, but there is the upcoming combine. Have you guys heard the news with the combine? I have. I, I did hear that. Um, living situations or still living. Uh, is that the right word? Yes. Yeah. That, I, I boarding. Right boarding. Word. Yeah. Boarding. Room. Room and board. So the NFL wants the uh, competitors in the NFL combine of this upcoming year to stay in a bubble in Indianapolis, uh, which is absolutely wild. I think they would stay there for a week. They would only be allowed in the hotel room or at the practice facilities working out. Um, Now, the NFLPA has pushed back against this bubble and has stated that every single contestant of the Combine who has been invited and not invited will go on strike and they will not host or compete in the combine or any of the questionings that uh, are going on if they're going to be required to be in the bubble so much like the uh, players union in the mlb look for there to be some sort of holdout and we could be missing out on this year's uh combine completely i think that the nfl is not going to let that happen and they're going to back down from their position but that's my take i think so i don't think they're going to let that happen NFL I'd be surprised. Got a, got a strong they they've got a stronghold on this league like almost nobody else outside the NBA, which is it, that'll never happen in the NFL. But they they do have a pretty good stronghold on on the NFL as an organization, and uh, expect the NFLPA to get their way over the next few years. I'm glad somebody can put them in check because holy crap, the people at the top of the NFL are horrendous and very powerful, <laughs> and very powerful. extremely. A lot of money. That'll be really interesting. I, I did and not hear very, that. I, I've been and, off Twitter lately, so and, that's a very interesting ex- thing. Extremely not diverse either. Extremely not diverse. <laughs> Actively, aggressively not diverse. <laughs> um, that'll be weird. Yeah, I kind of agree, though. I don't think the NFL at the end of the day uh, actually has the balls to not let that happen because they like money too much. So they'll probably back down. Um, let, let's Let's take a quick look back here general chief season we talked about you know what we what we think they should do in this coming off season and kind of the problems but 
What do you what do you make of a Chiefs season that ends in an AFC title game? We talked a little bit about this general idea, but overall, not just you know what are we left feeling after that game, but but what do what do we think you know just about the entire season as a whole? Like, is this this is you know it's hard to call any season that ends in not a ring a success at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, going to the Super Bowl, I can call it a success. Like you got to where you wanted to, you didn't get the result, but you got there. Um, but this season, I mean, start to finish began and ended with failure and just underwhelming performances. Um, there was a stretch there towards in the middle, um, right before the playoffs where we were playing really well and it, it was starting to look good, fell apart at the end again. Um, I think it's a failure of a season. We got to the AFC championship, which is really hard to do. Don't want to discredit that. Uh, we still achieved great things, but this team just underperformed so much. Uh, the The road to the Super Bowl was pretty carved out for us. Um, we shouldn't have lost the first Bengals game. Uh, didn't matter. It was just a regular season game. Um, should not have lost the AFC championship game in the way we, we did. Um, offense, just they, they struggled all season. They had games where they didn't, um, but only a few. And it's not like what we're used to seeing. I don't think we got better on defense. Uh, not very many people. There's a select few people. Uh, Sneed uh, shined. Uh, Nick Bolton, really, really good out of the gates. LJ Sneed uh, is developing into a shutdown corner um, and one of the best tackling corners in the NFL. Uh, but outside of that, I, I think the defense as a whole got worse. And that is definitely not the steps you want to be taking, especially with a mostly um, returning roster that you had for the defense. If you had to give a letter grade to the entirety of the Chiefs season, what comes to mind? C minus. I have to give it a. I'd have to where we ended up. I'd have to give the season like an A minus. Realistically, looking overall as a whole, I would have to probably say a B minus. Yeah, um, B minus is what I was thinking too. It started off rocky, but at the end, you have to call it an A minus because we were one. We were one game away from making a third straight Super Bowl, and these are some of the things that we need to look at as a fan base. Look at these growing pains. What is who is the one team that was continuously able to make it to a Super Bowl year after year after year? New England Patriots. New England Patriots. And why was that? Number one, infrastructure. They had a great coaching staff that barely ever revolved. It's not a revolving door. In in the areas that you especially don't need it to be, where that's a DC and an OC, right? Those stayed pretty cohesive. And when you did revolve those around, the guys came up from the bottom and you rotated them out as needed. And so you look back at... just uh, the early career of the Patriots with Tom Brady, right? In 2001, they made the Super Bowl. Then they didn't in 2002. They did in three and four. They didn't in five. They did in six. They didn't in seven. You you continue to, no, excuse me, they did in seven. So, you know, there's a few years there where they didn't make the Super Bowl. We have to look at it like that. There's a few years where Tom Brady didn't make the Super Bowl. There's going to be a few years where Patrick didn't make the Super Bowl. In four years, he's gone two of four. 
in the first four years of Tom Brady's career, he made it two of four. So there are going to be growing pains, or three of four, two of four, three of four. Three of four and one, all of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did He did make it three of four and one, all of them. But again, why, why were they able to continuously win three out of four? It was because they had the infrastructure. He had a defense to help him. He had an offensive line that never got injured. He had offensive weapons in those years. Uh, and in later years, obviously not. But again, the infrastructure, he had a defense, he had a full team around him. These are things that are not happening. And so we got to kick Andy's butt in gear a little bit, get rid of some of the loyalty ties that he has. And if that happens, then the team cohesively will work together as a unit. Yeah, I think that's pretty well said. I think that's pretty well said. Uh, I think that's definitely true. I think you did see that become a flaw for the Chiefs this season, that the structure was unstructured um uh, i think that's a problem i think i think that'll get fixed because i do think andy Reid's not gonna let that happen for very long but i think that's somewhat on him somewhat on on the rest of the organization uh, but also the players didn't execute a lot of that when they needed to uh throughout the season i think veach needs to step up well he had a better draft class I would like to see him have another better draft class draft. I'm saying this is his team, right? He's the person who's supposed to help with the coaching personnel when he's Mm -hmm. seeing that there is an issue going on. Yes. Andy, you need to have a say on it because it is your coaching staff, but we need to work together front office and coaching staff and Veach. This is, you are in charge of who the coaches are. That is part of your job, not just rostering a team. You need to be able to step up and say, Hey, Andy, like it's checks and balances, right? Like he needs to step up and say, "Hey, Andy, this is where our flaws are." Yeah, Can I definitely this be fixed. I definitely and if think it can't be. Then then fix it. Figure out I a think, way to fix it. I think Veach is definitely delegating a lot of the roster building and um, just the coaching and all that stuff to Andy. And I think there definitely needs to be a little more uh, personnel uh, from higher up in the front office. Uh, making in making those decisions yeah no i think i think that's fair i think brett veach uh we really really liked him coming out of the gate and i think it's been a little more mixed he's still good he's a good gm uh but i think there are mm. a few cracks uh that have shown i think i think that's fine everyone has their flaws he's, um, young. he's young he's gonna learn from it too he, he's quite young for, for a gm of an nfl team yeah i think i think he will learn from it. he's seems like a really smart guy uh i think i think it'll get better uh, but definitely, definitely a few cracks. Now, before we get out of here, let me run uh, by you an interesting scenario that I thought of today that would just be fun and a fun off-season tidbit, a little tease, if you will. Um, so there was a, I think, wildly unsubstantiated rumor that Jordan Love was uh, talked to, getting talked about getting shipped around somewhere, getting traded. But I thought, hey, that's a fun idea. So let me run you this three-team trade. This is bare bones. There'd have to be more to it than just the player-for-player swaps here. But three-team deal. The Packers, the Falcons, and the Denver Broncos. I said, yeah, yeah, the Broncos. Uh, The Broncos get Rodgers in the deal. The Falcons get Jordan Love. The Packers get Matt Ryan. And the Broncos probably would have to give up some picks to a, a bunch of people and get a few random players. Mm-hmm. in return the broncos end up probably delegating things to the packers of course and yep. to the falcons to make this work um but just in general what do you what do you think of that 
I yeah, that's I think, bare bones. That's just conceptual. I definitely but. think that is uh, a great concept. We don't see very many three-way trades in the NFL, um, but I, I think that could happen. I, I don't. I wouldn't bet on it, but uh, it'd be. I think it would be good for all parties involved, uh, depending on how uh, Atlanta values Jordan Love. So Jordan, Jordan Love to the Falcons, and Aaron Rodgers to Green Bay. To no, Denver. No, no. To Denver. Denver. Yeah, to Denver. Sorry. And Matt Ryan to Green Bay. Matt Ryan. I don't I don't see that working just because of how old Matt Ryan is. If you get rid of he'd be Aaron, a, he'd be like a two year stopgap until you try to draft another guy. He'd be your Alex Smith bridge guy. I think if if I'm the Packers in this situation, I cut the third team, I'll let Aaron go. Because if Aaron goes, then Devontae goes. If if Aaron stays, Devontae stays. So realistically you don't want to bring in matt ryan you you want to see what you have in jordan love give him a couple full seasons just like you did aaron Rodgers. i think that'd be a mistake even even though i think the pick itself was a mistake i think it'd be an even bigger mistake to trade that away for matt ryan who is clearly aging on the football field as we speak every year it just (laughs) looks worse and worse and worse your best bet is to, instead of absorbing all the money that's going to come over from Matt Ryan's deal, which is pretty extensive, stick with your rookie, offload Aaron Rodgers' massive contract, and that way you can at least bring other teammates around him. That way, if you're ever ready to move off Jordan Love, you can bring in a better quarterback uh, uh, to a team that is ready to go. Yeah, it definitely does not feel right for the Packers to trade Jordan Love, but I think Packer the Packers are – going to move off of Jordan Love. I don't know why, but I feel like that's where the franchise is as a whole. Um, and I think they're just going to start over and figure something out, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's Aaron either. That, that's one thing. They don't have to get rid of him. He's under contract. Yeah. I just, I don't see it. I think Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay. I, I think he's done. Um, I don't think he wants to be in Green Bay anymore. Now, you never know. They could promise him different things. They could do different things. Money, guaranteed players, whatever. You know, they could do they could do some things to make him stay or help him want to stay. I just don't think he wants to be there anymore. I think he wants a, a, a new slate. But I also could see a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who is, you know, certifiably a weirdo at this point, uh, just like retiring or doing anything else, starting yeah. his own radio show. Um, Hosting Jeopardy. And Denver's not necessarily part of the question anymore um there is rumors out there i don't know his personal life but him and his fiance have split and one of the reasons for him going to denver was her and her family or her family lived there and they wanted to move closer to them so i mean denver obviously has a solid team and really a quarterback away from being a contender but with that news denver could just be completely out of the question for aaron Rodgers at this point now but Denver did also just hire the Green Bay OC, so there's also still ties there. That's true. But what if what if Nathaniel Hackett was part of the problem in Green Bay? Maybe he what was. If, maybe, maybe, he hates, maybe he hates Denver. that. I feel like if Denver wanted Aaron Rodgers, that would have been asked in in they, they would have done that research. If they want Rodgers, they would have definitely found out if Hackett would true would not let that happen. And, and let's remember, March 16th is the first uh, day of the new season. So trades can't go effective until March 1st. Free agency doesn't start until March 1st. 
Uh, even then, I don't think trades go effective until or March 16th. Sorry, I don't think trades go effective until a date after March 16th anyways. And on top of that, if if you're Green Bay or any of these other teams looking to offload dudes with guaranteed contracts, you're waiting until after the June or July 1st deadline. So you're not eating cap space. Uh, spend I'm pretty on sure it's June have. 1. I'm pretty sure it's June 1. That's what I thought. So, so yeah, don't look for any trades of these big names to happen anytime soon. The talks will start. There will be rumors here and there, and you won't really know what to believe. Um, but again, there's there's not going to be a big trade with guaranteed money contract coming out until after June first. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, any any big thoughts here before we get out of here on the first uh, or the kind of you know the season wrap up episode here? Uh, any, anything else to add? Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. We got the interviews coming. As news comes out, you may hear one of us jump on just to break thoughts and, and some news. You may hear two or or all three of us. Who knows? We'll we'll take our turns jumping in and and uh, keeping this thing moving through the off season. Probably we'll take a little bit of a break here uh, in between now and the combine uh, with some episodes. But obviously, if and when the combine happens, I might talk a little bit about that. And then yeah, obviously, as free agency and the new league year starts, uh, we'll hop back in with some shows but definitely uh we'll we'll, we'll be hanging around we'll be hanging yeah. around in the off season for sure uh not not as regular as the schedule but we'll be we'll be around so keep keep tuned uh for all that i am landon fields you can find me on twitter at fields underscore lando i'm killer derlin you can find me on twitter at c derlin 53 tyler Savaya, you can find me at underscore suavage underscore well you know again the season does not end the way we want for the chiefs uh the super bowl was fun to watch, uh, even though it was an interesting game. Happy for Matt Stafford getting his first ring. Uh, he deserves it. That's, you know. Amazing. A, a guy who plays for the Lions for a decade deserves one Super Bowl in his life. Uh, so that was fun. But we'll be back. halftime show. Best ever. Pretty good halftime show. I, I liked it. It, was, it wasn't bad. Uh, Maybe, I enjoyed it. Definitely not better than Prince. Not the best ever, but it was good. Top three. Sure. Sure. I probably couldn't, I could maybe name three. I don't know. I mean, I don't really pay attention that closely. Um, But as always, guys, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Chiefs.